Hey everyone, this is Chris, and you're listening to One Cross Radio. <laughs> and excuse me a sec, I've got a tickle in my throat. <sighs> Chamomile tea with honey is wonderful. Uh, it's relaxing and uh, soothes my throat. Soothes? Soothes. Because I can words. Um, <laughs> anyways, um, welcome back. <laughs> I feel like it's been a while since I've done an episode. And in a weird way it has. Um, just because I think the last time I recorded an, ep- recorded an episode was over a month ago. Because I found the one in the vault. I actually found another one in the vault, which will be coming soon. Um, yeah. I've been doing a lot of uh, the OCR Shorts videos, which uh, which are a lot of fun. And if you haven't seen them, I, I'd recommend checking them out. Because, well, heck, I do them. <laughs> um, and there's something I'm proud of. Um, you can find them on our YouTube channel, on the website, on our uh instagram through igtv um and they're 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 getting some engagement which is kind of cool and i'm enjoying that aspect um and something i do with that because more often than not i'm presenting yes still opinion but something where it's like okay this is a, a broader more serious topic so i've got to have something directly uh to reference to i.e. when I did the um, uh, the conversation about um, online censorship, because people will often point to the saying the right is more censored online, you can Google search and find out that that's not accurate. Uh, the case is, though, because on, like, right content, especially extreme right-leaning content, gets shared much more than even the most left-leaning content and sadly the most centrist calmest even-handed stuff doesn't get get shared the least um because it gets shared the most and it has more visibility when it gets taken down a lot more people notice that so it creates the impression um so i like adding context i like exploring that and if i'm giving my opinion i outside of stuff where it doesn't need to be informed um like if i'm talking about a show or a movie like yeah i know i love knowing all the information um but that's subjective taste um it doesn't need like research and uh homework and like, all right, what are the actual facts about these things? And that's kind of what I'm bringing to today's episode. Um, like, I'll be honest, I've spent the last, I think, hour and a half uh, researching and getting um, links open. Now, I'll also do a quick disclaimer. When I say research, I mean in the high school way. Like, you go on, <laughs> you go, you find your books, you cite them. And all that, not research like, hey, these are people who went to school for this for years. Um, it's not that level. It's I'm a dude on a computer. Um, so, yeah. Um, but before we jump into today's episode, I do want to shout out our patrons, Nathan and Bex. You both are wonderful. You're awesome, and thank you so much for supporting us. Um, heck, you guys helped me get tea. For today and I, I really appreciate that all right listener and if if you feel you can support us like um nathan and bex do um please head over to our patreon um it's patreon.com slash one cross radio we have a number of tiers starting as low as two dollars per month um which if you're down in america it's gonna be even less because this is in canadian dollars and our dollar isn't uh isn't that bumping right now um but we have five tiers there is the tea provider the coffee provider the breakfast provider and it won't open the other two i know i've done a joke uh oh yeah there's second breakfast provider and then there is the uh the funko pop the funko uh 
fund tier, which is a joke tier, but hey, if you want to support that one, I am not going to complain. I am always down for more Funkos. Um, and also, for no particular reason, I want to shout out Faith and Fandom. Hector, you are wonderful, awesome, and a uh, just a great brother in Christ and uh, wonderful. Word? Word. Okay, so, as you can tell, I'm a little all over the place, and this is where, again, I'll apparently not intentionally stall, but stall getting into today's topic. Um, Part of the reason why I'm all over the place is I am coming down from an anxiety attack, Uh, and I actually took my trank not too long ago, and it is finally kicking in, but I've still got some of that energy, and that's actually why I'm recording right now. Um, the other thing I want to say is at times there's been questions, not directly to me, but I've seen it with other podcasts. Like, Hey, why are you like, why do you share that stuff? And I'll answer it here, even though friggin' nobody asked, but it's my show. Um, the reason I share it so much is I honestly just want to normalize it. Like that, that's it. Um, I'm going to mute my phone. Um, sorry about that. But in this case, I think if people can be more open about it, it does take away a lot of that stigma. Now that's not to say that you, everybody has to do it. If you don't want to do it, you don't have to do it. And frankly, it's nobody's bloody business anyways. But I choose to do it because I'd like it to be more normalized, especially within Christian circles, which the church is getting so much better than it used to be. And that's just uh, praise be to God for that. That's wonderful to see. Um, And conversations with other Christians about it, it's it's getting to a much better place. Um, And that's honestly just it. If. If someone who is listening to this has been struggling with this and they're not sure about opening up, that's I, I'm doing this so they might feel more comfortable doing it. That's it. That's legit it. Um, yeah. Okay. Moving on to today's topic, which, I mean, it's in the title, so you know what we're talking about. But I'm going to say it audio-wise anyway. Today we are trying to answer the question... The, uh, I was about to say age old, but the phrase I think started in, um, 2018, which actually feels like a lifetime ago. Oh my gosh. Ugh. Anyways. Um, does getting woke go broke? And the answer, at least to my understanding of it, is not really. Now it, it is a maybe, and there are there are particular cases where it's true. I'm looking at you, Gillette. Um, <laughs> if y'all don't remember, Gillette did that um, that commercial, um, and it really really backfired on them. That commercial about men, um, <laughs> and unlike Nike who did the thing with, um, I, uh, Kaepernick, I, I just, sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name, like they rode that controversy into a success. And for them, it wasn't about money. It was about youth engagement and it worked. Um, with Gillette, I don't know who, who they were trying to appeal to when the majority of their, uh, target demographic is men. Like there are female, uh, there are Gillette products for women. Don't get me wrong. They exist. Uh, I think they sell well. I didn't really look into that part, but the majority of Gillette's stuff is marketed towards men. Um, and a lot of people were like, what the hell is this? Um, so that, that backfired. And unlike the Nike situation, it's not like Gillette could then <laughs> do like a crash course apology commercial and just revert the marketing back. They kind of screwed themselves. Um, 
and another company was already growing in the marketplace and then this helped it grow even further so let's let's dive into this a bit um with gillette like i said they they are a case of where this did happen now the company didn't go bankrupt they're still making a lot of money their their shares went down their sales went down but they're they're still around um people will say starbucks got woke Starbucks is still doing well. They might be down a bit, but it's not like they've gone broke. Um, let's uh, let's bust out some articles. Because <laughs> I got a bunch. Um, okay, so. There is a bit of pop culture focus on this, and I'll get to that in a second. Um, but I'm looking at an article from sim.co.uk um it's a content hub and this is looking at if going woke goes broke um and it's still kind of not really (laughs) i i think it is more no than yes uh people will point to friggin movies most often or comic books but what you find out when you actually try to start looking into this is Often, that's a lot of negative spin that's not actually true or backed up, um, or it's flat-out misrepresentation of information, or just lies. Um, Or, if you dig, you can see that there's other surrounding context. There's other issues that could be impacting it. Again, with Gillette as the example, just for now because I want to move into the pop culture stuff, Yeah, that advertisement blew up in their face, but they are not the main, they're not the only giant brand within that sales realm. Uh, Harry's Harry's and Dollar Shave Club, their sales have gone up. Um, Yeah. And an interesting note about them is... They did a long-form video looking at uh, toxic masculinity that fought gender stereotypes and evidently genuinely sparked conversation around what it means to be masculine in the modern world. So, that's interesting. Part of it is how you do it and how you engage. Um, Yeah. Now, other people will ask, uh, and you can look at Nike again as an example, Starbucks and other people. Um, Let's see, where is that one? Sorry, I've got a bunch of links open because there were good articles and I've lost it. Okay. Um, Nope, nope, that's not it. I am. I am so, so sorry. This is from uh, Quillette dot com from last year but it's looking at many company uh many companies base their decisions on certain things so according to a sprout survey of 1000 u.s customers 66 percent of respondents said it was important for brands to take a public stance on social and political issues in fact 78 percent of liberals and 52 percent of conservatives agreed with this But it's not just political partisans. One report found that 58% of millennials, 55% of Gen Xers, and 51% of the baby boomers wanted brands to invest in causes they care about. So, a lot of people will argue like, oh, they're just virtue signaling. That's not the case. They are trying to fulfill what their market is requesting what the majority of their market is requesting um starbucks in particular it is an interesting thing because almost half of their yearly revenue comes from customers between the ages of 18 and 24 um and 25 to 40 respectfully because age demographics get broken up differently so there are reasons why they, <laughs> why these things happen. 
Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyways, sorry. Um, now let's dive into the pop culture stuff. And I'm going to link this article uh, in the description because it words this much better than I can. Um, let's dive into some movies, shall we? Because that is actually what sparked uh, my desire to do this. I think it was last week or the week before um, DC Comics announced that it's current Superman, John Kent, not not Clark Kent, John, who is Clark and Lois's son, uh, in an upcoming issue of his Superman run will be coming out as bisexual. And people reacted. <laughs> Let, let's put it that way. Ugh. The reaction is frustrating. But anyways, um, people reacted and I did see a lot of the statements going around. Go woke, go broke, go woke, go broke. Um, along with some humorous misunderstandings where people were gut reacting um, like it was Clark Kent. Like, even though Clark Kent is not currently Superman, let's be real. If people think Superman, they think Clark Kent. It's not like Clark Kent is going away forever. He's pretty much always going to be Superman unless another character does well enough and identifies well enough. But comics always go back to what sells. Um, so I don't see that big of a deal with it. But uh, back to the sales part or sorry, the misinformation part. Um, <clears throat> people were reacting like it was Clark. And the funny part there was, um, and they were like, no, Superman loves Lois and only Lois. And he'll only ever be in love with a married to Lois Lane. Um, which factually isn't true during the not so great new 52 run of DC. Although there was some good stuff. The Batman run was excellent. Um, Superman was in a relationship with Wonder Woman and that was Clark Kent. Um, but also because <laughs> this current Superman is John Kent, a lot of people, uh, there was a lot of people and a lot of laughter about like, y'all are saying that this dude should be dating and married to and in love with his mother. And no, <laughs> but okay. Moving on. Let's get to the more specific stuff. Again, nervous energy all around. Apologies. Um, so a couple months ago, or not months ago, when in for, let's look at a Bond movie and then we're going to move into some other ones. Um, a lot of people talked about, uh, when they were announcing stuff for the final Daniel Craig Bond movie, which I haven't seen yet because Jill and I aren't comfortable going to theaters yet. Although I really want to, uh, I'm hoping that we will soon. Um, but when people heard like, oh, there's going to be a, a black 007, of course, everybody's like, oh, it's going woke. It's going woke. Um, and it's going to go broke. Let's look at this for a second. The budget of the movie was between 250 to 301 million dollars. Um, when you factor in advertising, which the, there wasn't even as much advertising this time around. It's it still made money. <laughs> it made four hundred and fifty dollars. Um, wait, what? No, no, not four hundred and fifty million. Wait, is that true? Yep. Okay, so it's made four hundred and fifty million dollars. So it's made its primary budget back. Now there were some other things like. Movies within the past two years are an interesting phenomenon uh, because COVID, because the pandemic. Now, the movie, uh, as I'm reading this now, I, I might be interpreting this wrong. It hasn't made its budget back, but also its production and promotional costs. Actually, no, then it has made its budget back. I don't, this is, that doesn't make any sense. Um, anyways, sorry. Clearly I'm prepared. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm going to go with, yeah, it actually has made its budget back. 
it's made it's not hugely, but it's against the budget and promotional cost of three hundred and fifty million, and it's made worldwide box office of four hundred and fifty million. It's made a hundred million bucks. That's not a huge runaway success, but again, there's a lot of factors going into it. Uh, and critically, it's it's doing it's doing quite well. Um, on Rotten Tomatoes, eighty four percent of critics gave it. Uh, like it's it's based on three hundred and thirty nine critics. It's got an eighty four percent approval rating, and then with an average rating of seven and a half out of ten. And as far as I know, the audience score is. It's pretty decent, uh, and it's gotten a number of rave reviews. Sorry, I'm clicking, and I'm, I'm losing my spot. Another example we can look at is Shang-Chi, and this is where we're getting into stuff that I really, really, really find annoying. Um, because there's channels on YouTube that have way more audiences than they should have that all about the rage bait clickbaity stuff like oh we're gonna we gotta do stuff to get our money back like <laughs> get our clicks which is where you get a lot of the um the direct misinformation the innuendo the lot the outright lies um and with shang chi you can even find unfortunate uh memes where it's hey we've got all these all these pictures of with tears and and it's a flop and all that which is not remotely true again when we look at the box office its budget was 150 to 200 million and then let's even add in i don't know uh, most advertising is in the area of 50 to 100 million so then we're up to 300 million its current worldwide box office is 414.3 million. It broke Labor Day weekends. <laughs> it broke trends. It's one of the most successful movies of the year. And that's saying something, again, considering COVID. Like, people would try to point at Black Widow, which is its own kettle of fish. I enjoyed the movie. It's all right. Um, but even that wasn't a box office failure, but a lot of its financial success came from the streaming side. We're not at the point with everything just going exclusively to theaters, and a lot of people are nervous. They are nervous. Um, so the fact that even on its opening weekend, Labor Day weekend, it broke records with 90 million at the box office and critically it's doing well. So I don't understand how people can be saying like, Oh, Marvel, the MCU is going woke. So it's going broke. Bruh, that ain't the case. <laughs> the least successful MCU film is still 2008's the incredible Hulk. And Personally, I think a lot of the negative, like the reason that didn't sell too well was it was in a summer of packed movies, everything like that summer you had Prince Caspian, Indiana Jones 4, Iron Man, The Incredible Hulk, I'm sure something else and a little film, not sure if you've heard of it, uh, called The Dark Knight. <laughs> like everything was sh sitting <laughs> almost swore not actually but it sounded like it um everything was sitting in the dark knight's shadow sitting in shadow i need to separate further um because <laughs> then you almost get a certain bad word um okay i'm still recording good um like everything was working against it um and, I mean, the Hulk's first movie outing, 2003's Ang Lee's Hulk, sucked. It crapped the bed. I understand that this opinion is subjective, and I'm sure some people liked it. I feel, in a way, like we were watching different movies, because there was nothing there for me to enjoy. 
But if you enjoyed it, power to you. Um, but it did not leave a good impression. <laughs> and also, it was unclear. Like, let, let, let's let be real here. You didn't know till the post-credits <laughs> this was part of the same universe as Iron Man. So, not only was it coming off the heels, like, five years later after a terrible movie... It was also, people weren't sure, is this a sequel? Is this a reboot? Is this, what is this? And it didn't do much (laughs) to distinguish that. That worked against The Incredible Hulk. I mean, people will point at friggin' Captain Marvel and they'll be like, oh, it's woke, which I agree. And it gets too heavy-handed. And Captain Marvel is one of my least favorite movies. Not because it's overly woke, because I think it's bad. <laughs> um, and here, I, to be fair, I can point to some movies that didn't do well, where people were like, oh, woke went broke. Um, the the Paul Feig Ghostbusters uh, movie. Um, although there are an audience of people who like it. Again, power to them. I actually haven't watched the movie because it doesn't appeal at all. Um it just doesn't. And like the marketing for that was not that great. There's a lot of reasons, but the general consensus is it was a bad movie. <laughs> and I think that's why it didn't do too well. My issues with Captain Marvel, I've talked about on past episodes. I didn't think they, I didn't think it was written very well. It didn't give the character any room to actually react or grow or do anything. Um, yeah, I just, I don't like that movie. Um, but it still, it made a lot of money at the box office. <laughs> like, it, when people are saying the MCU went woke and it went broke, that's just factually, demonstrably not true. Like, they'll compare it to friggin' Infinity War or Endgame, but yeah, it's Infinity War and friggin' Endgame. They are exceptions. <laughs> Like, those are event films that were built up to over 9 and 10 years. Friggin' 20 movies. A one-off like Captain Marvel, which I know we're getting a two, but a one-off, it's not in the same ballpark. (laughs) It still made a lot of money. It did. Uh, And now we're gonna... I'll quickly also touch on comic books. Um... Because this has been something that's been going around. I'd also, I, I, in a way, say longer in comic books than it has been in um, with uh, with the MCU, with movies and all that. But, sorry, here we go. With comic books, uh, Marvel now went really broad and diverse. And it, there was mixed results. I'm not going to say it was an all-out flop. Um, because sales were all right, but the overall trend in comic book sales across the medium, with the exception of two countries, was down at the same time. And I'd argue a lot of the things that were bad about those titles were the writing. America Chavez is a very interesting example of this because people will be, uh, will almost make her the poster child of woke Marvel. Um, her comic run, her first solo run was awful. And I think that's why it went down. It was written by Gabby Rivera, and this isn't to throw any shade. I don't know her or anything, but based on the writing of the comic, I checked out a couple issues. I'm like, this is bad. It's like, that was very much in your face with the political messages, which also let's be blunt Comic books have always been, to a degree, woke. They have been that way since almost friggin' day one. Like, anybody who's like, oh, comics are just escape. It, they can be. They they might. Uh, they very much could be and, and are. But they, most of the time, have a political message. You think friggin' Civil War wasn't a political conversation? Or the iconic Green Lantern, Green Arrow run, where you find out Speedy is addicted to heroin? 
Comics have talked politics forever. It's just how changed. And it was admittedly heavy-handedly. But America Chavez, before her solo run, was very (coughs) well-liked. And I think an underlying thing here is sometimes if you're not doing it well where the, the politics or the message or whatever is ingrained into the story, then the story, then the story suffers the message at times, even if someone doesn't agree, if the story's well, they'll hang on, they'll be in. But if the story isn't good and the message is overbearing and it's alienating the audience, of course it's going to fail. That one is an example of one that failed, but Kamala Khan, Still around. A lot of success. People pointed at Squirrel Girl. Friggin' Squirrel Girl? Really? Also, her target demographic, which I'm not of, and I dig that character. I read her solo title and I really enjoyed it. It was so much fun. But her target demographic is younger kids. Not even, like... Like, kids to early teens. Not late teens, early 20s, or in this case, a... a a 30, how old am I? 34 year old man. (laughs) Like, of course you're not going to buy it. And of course, as they're rolling it out, you're going to be like, Oh, look at the sales of that one. It, you're not the demographic (laughs) based on the demographic. It's, it's sales were all right, but just some quick facts about, um, comic book industry. Uh, it's globally worth approximately $7.14 billion. Uh, the industry witnessed a 37% decline in sales due to COVID-19. Interestingly enough, last year, sales were up 30, I think about 9 or 10%. But overall sales across the, uh, across the world... I was about to say country like Canada, but I meant the world, were were down. Comic sales are not what they were in the 90s. They just aren't. And this is when I mentioned earlier um, the two countries. It's Japan and Korea. They are the biggest contributor to the the global comic book industry worth. Uh, Japanese manga's industry's sales value is approximately $5.6 billion. That's more than half of the $7.14. Um, and the manga in- industry suffered due to the pandemic, but only by 8%. The point is, when you look at comics across the board, sales are going down. So when you come across somebody who's just blanketly stating with comics or the MCU, oh, go woke, go broke, dive a little bit deeper, look into the content of what they're saying, because you can probably push back. I've even seen people try to compare like friggin' small movie. um, I can't remember. Now I can't remember. Um... But it was like, oh, this didn't do well against Spider-Man. Well, yeah, but Spider-Man does Spider-Man numbers. Like, you got to look at where does this movie fit? What? How does it compare to its own kind of movie? And then also factor in, is it R-rated? Is it this? Because that, that plays a hand. All right, so on to the main meat of this. Um... I'm talking Star Wars for a little bit. And, uh, listener, I'm sorry. If this has felt rambly, I do apologize. Um, like I said, I'm trying to get around this anxious energy and, I, I'm powering through. I'm not going to give up. Um, but let's talk Star Wars for a sec because Star Wars, I've seen so much of this. And again, it's just demonstrably factually not true now if we get into the subjectivity or if you define broke as like creatively broke even then i'm gonna argue no you're wrong but i can at least understand that slightly more 
But people will be like, oh, Disney's made Star Wars woke. Star Wars went woke and broke. The sequel trilogy, which I am on the record of not enjoying, has made worldwide $4.475 billion. Its budget, the combined budget for all three of them, include I believe including advertising, was $837 million. Tell me how that is not a success. You can't. Because it is. It demonstrably is. Worldwide, each of those movies were made over a billion dollars. The Force Awakens made over two billion. Heck, it didn't even, none of them made a billion domestically in the U.S. and Canada. And those, the the numbers dropped repeatedly. You can, like, you can see and track that. But they made, each worldwide made a billion dollars. Rise of Skywalker made one point oh seven four billion dollars i just can't math um last jedi 1.333 billion dollars force awakens 2.068 billion dollars this is unequivocally a success (laughs) you cannot apply that statement to the sequel trilogy. It was highly successful. Now, it didn't make as much as the prequel trilogy, but that's not the conversation. And if you keep moving the bar, then then you can argue it in any way, or you can try to. But the fact is, this is clearly a financial success. As much as I did not creatively enjoy the movies, I really didn't. They're, like, I might go to Rise of Skywalker more than more than the other two. Because, like, Rise of Skywalker was screwed no matter what. Um, but it's not... It's not a financial failure. And critically... There, as much as people try to like do focus on like the negativity and the bad parts about those movies, and you could say like me, because uh, I'm in that I don't like them camp. I'm not gonna buy into the conspiracy theory that every single critic or reviewer who likes the movie is just some kind of either bot or like some wokey or something. St- just all these stupid terms. Critically, like with crit- uh, audience was different, but you also unfortunately can't always go without audience score because groups will review bomb a movie before it's even come out. Um, critically, they're looking at like 93%, 91% Rise of Skywalkers at 52. Like they're well reviewed. I don't like them, but they are well reviewed. I can't say they weren't a success. The phrase, go woke, go broke, does not apply here. I'll also argue creatively it doesn't apply, because how well has the Mandalorian done? How well has the revival of the Clone Wars done? Season 7, loved. So many people loved, especially the finale. Rebels, people grew into it and really, really enjoyed it. The straight up Star Wars comics. They've been selling well, especially for comics in this era, in in the time we live in, where sales are down and most of it's digital. And a lot of that also has to do with because of the pandemic, comic shops are closing, so of course physical sales are going to be down. When you look at the context, you can see this phrase doesn't hold much water. And the final one I'm going to point out with Star Wars, evidently I'm working myself up, is the High Republic, which a future from the vault episode is actually about the first novel in that uh, in that series, 
I remember that coming out. People were being like, oh, Star Wars is hugely woke now. This is Kathleen Kennedy's pet project. And it's it's going to be terrible. The majority of people who've actually been reading the comics, reading the books, have enjoyed it. Like, it, it, I've seen so much more positive response than I have negative. The most negative thing I've seen is people being like, eh, it's kind of bland. I haven't seen anything of people being like, this is the worst outside of these niche channels that get clickbaity and just annoy the crap out of me. Um, and just to throw some slight more figures at you. So the debut novel light of the Jedi was the number two best-selling novel on Amazon and number one on the New York times bestseller list, staying on that list for four weeks. The other novel, A Test of Courage, which I believe is a young adult novel, um, actually no, it's focused at middle grade students, was also number two. It debuted on the same day. The third novel, Game Sim, uh, the third novel, Into the Dark, gained similar success by debuting number one on the list for young adult hardcore novels. Um, hardcover novels, not the hardcore. <laughs> oh goodness, Chris. Um, with the comic books, the first two issues of the comic book series were the best-selling digital comics on Comixology during the week of their release. The first issue sold over 200,000 physical pre-orders to comic shops, which prompted Marvel to create a second printing of the issue before its official release, and then they had to reprint it a further third and fourth time. These are doing financially well. <laughs> like, you, again, the, the creative side is subjective, but if you look at the fan opinion and the general consensus is people are enjoying it. I've, I think I've read one of the comics, but I've read the first book through an, uh, the Light of the Jedi audiobook. Like I said, that from the Vault episode is coming. I'm listening to the second official adult one um and i'm really really digging it like it's i'm enjoying this era now with all of these with the creative side it's subjective but there's a lot of reasons <laughs> that go into this so do i personally think the phrase go woke get woke go broke holds much water no i don't it's uh, it's clickbaity, it's political, and it's, I, I, I find actually disingenuous. If you look up the reasoning, if you look up the surrounding context, you can find so much reasoning and surrounding information how it's not just the company went woke. Or if you look at appropriate comparisons. Or if you take out your personal enjoyment and just break down to the brass tacks of, did it make money? Did it make money? Did it make its budget back? Did it <laughs> break records? Pretty much everything I've talked about has. They've, with the exception of Gillette and the one-off example of, what's her name, uh, America Chavez, like, the actual case of just flat-out failing is few and far between. Now, with that, it, I'll just hop back quickly to the Marvel thing, and then I'm going to wrap this up. During that time, people would also look at, like, oh, the comic got canceled, the comic got canceled, the comic got canceled. Here's some context for that time period as well. Marvel was <laughs> Marvel and DC is guilty of this as well. I'm not going to say they were oversaturating the market, but prices for physical books have gone up. It's not like heck at one point they used to be like 25 cents. And I think the average issue now is around like eight bucks. The costs have gone up. The amount of series they are working on has gone up. So they're not oversaturating the market and diluting might be the wrong word, but as they're putting more content into a market and starting new series and all that, of course, books aren't going to sell as well. And they're going to track the ones that are selling, <laughs> selling well. It's like, Hey, we're going to throw out everything and see what sticks. 
so did it go broke because did a title get canceled because it was too woke possibly but it's also quite probable that one of the like 15 spider-man titles he doesn't really have that many titles but you get what i mean he's got a bunch um like one of those was selling really really well same with batman like there's a lot of context going around that shows like is it because they went woke nah Okay. All right. I'm hopping down. I don't think that was a soapbox episode, but some of this stuff just generally annoys the crap out of me. I don't like bad faith statements. I don't like bad faith arguments, especially when a lot of this stuff you can, you can find in under an hour and a half. You can, you can find within like three minutes. So I'm not trying to convince anybody, by the way, to like any of these things, you don't have to like them. And if you, here's something simple. If you don't like them, don't buy them. Don't read them. You don't need to rage read something. If a comic goes in a direction I don't like or I don't enjoy, I stop reading. If a, if a movie franchise goes in a direction that I don't like, I watch the ones I do like. And I don't let my dislike of the other one ruin it for me. I focus on... Focus on the stuff you enjoy, man. <laughs> it's, it's that simple. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I wanted to talk about this because it's, it's something that's always bugged me, but it's especially been bugging me more. And for whatever reason, it especially bugged me when I saw that Superman thing. That Superman thing's probably going to be another episode for another time because there's... The reaction is its own discussion. And I was not happy about that, especially with certain groups. Um, For reasons that... All right, like I saw... Again, not all Christians. This isn't the church. But I saw certain Christian groups that are outside of the rage groups, the one that I normally see reacting in this way the aggressive way the dismissive way and all that and that that really bothered me because i don't see any of (laughs) like going through the comments i'm like i don't see jesus in any of this i don't and that that really bothers me uh i've said if you're a christian and you're listening to this i've said it on a number of the ocr shorts People are watching, man. You don't have to be a Christian for people to be watching you. But people are watching. And how you act, how you react, the tone you say things in, people notice that. And they associate that with the church. So how how you act and react to things, how you present things, that has a direct impact it's hugely important it is vitally important how many if you start looking online how many people were believers and walked away and became disillusioned because of church mistreatment or fellow believer mistreatment the stats are bad they're not good (laughs) they're not good if they're low they're especially not good with where they're at so To the believers, measure yourself before you react. I did an episode about speaking the truth in love. You can disagree with the direction and you can firmly state why. But check your motives, son. What are your motives? Like, doing this episode, you could be like, Chris, what are your motives? And it's not to be like, I'm I'm better or wiser than anybody. Because, friggin... If you know me, you know I don't think that. (laughs) But I'm just sharing some knowledge and uh, hopefully some insight. So to believers, especially how we interact with this stuff, especially if it's something we don't like, we got to check how we act. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but the quote, it's even in that, that wonderfully famous DC Talk song 
Like the greatest single cause of atheism in the world today is Christians who walk, who acknowledge Jesus with their lips and walk out that door and deny him by their lifestyle. That is what an unbelieving world simply finds unbelievable. And a lot of us in the church will be like, okay, so if we lived like the world, which is, uh, which is against what, how God expects us to live, which again, that is a whole separate episode. And there's a lot of context that you can't include in a two, 20 second summary. Um, they'll be like, okay, so if we're doing that, then that's it. And yeah, there's some of that. I'd argue that it's as we're preaching about grace and love and there's firmness in there. Love isn't always just hunky dory. There's pain with love, but as we're preaching all of that and we're showing next to none of it, I think that's a huge impact on that. And so we got to get better. <laughs> we got to get better on it. And I kind of hate that I said that because that's the, just the go-to do better, but we got to work on that. We really do. We got to improve. Um, and people in nerd circles, y'all got to improve too. <laughs> Everybody's got to improve. People suck. <laughs> what a what a fun note to end on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed today's episode. It was maybe a little more direct than I thought, but like I said, I'm navigating around some anxious energy. Um, thankfully that shrank kicked in, but I'm, I'm still coming down. Um, but yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you're being safe and I do hope you are being kind to one another. Please, please. We, everything is so frustrating these days, man. We got to treat each other better. We really do. We really do. Um, all right. All right. I'm going to hop off. All that being said, hope you have a wonderful day. I hope you heard my heart. If you got any feedback or challenges, honestly, email me 2099onecrossstreet at gmail.com. Drop me a line. I'd love to chat. Yeah. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Please share if you can. All that jazz. Hit that like and subscribe button. Smash that. Whatever. This ain't YouTube. (laughs) Have a wonderful day. Take care. And God bless my friends. Peace.